Good evening. Pastor uh, is away, and I trust you'll be praying for him and his family. It's good for him to go and have a break. I think we all benefit when he does that, uh, and I appreciate uh, the opportunity, him allowing me to fill well, God's pulpit, but uh, his pulpit as it goes. Uh, open your Bibles, please, if you have one, and hopefully you do, to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Pastor said, just in 20 minutes. I said, Pastor, it's origin night, 18 and a half. So I think we'll, uh, we'll be okay. I'll get my timer going and we will uh, see what God has for us. <clears throat> I'm going to talk to you a little bit tonight briefly about storms and why God brings them into our lives. And being a, uh, an ex-naval officer, navigating officer, storms have, uh, well, I guess they fascinate me a little bit more now than they did back when I was uh, at sea. Uh, Mark chapter 4, we're going to read verses 35 through to verse 41. It says, And the same day, when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity to meet freely in this country. Thank you, Lord, that we can be in your house tonight, and I pray that you would have been glorified through the songs that we just sung. Help us now as we study your word, Lord. I pray that you would help me to uh, give something of your word to the people here tonight, Lord, and that it wouldn't be of me, that it would be of you, and that we would uh, have a good prayer time after and travel home safely, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I'm sure a lot of us have been in uh, literal storms in our life, but I wonder if you've had any trials, tribulations, storms of life, would you lift your hand? If you've had at some point in your lifetime a lot of hands, I won't ask if you're going through one now, but I'm sure there would be many here who would say that's true. Uh, and if you believe that you'll go through another one in the future, would you lift your hand if you think that a storm... I think we can all agree that uh, at some point in our lives, most of us have already, some tonight would be already, uh, and then in the future, we're all going to have storms, trials and tribulations in our life. So I hope that you would listen this evening uh, about reasons we go through these, and maybe it's not applicable to your life right now, uh, but I'm sure at some point it will be. I want to show you this photo, and I want to bring some context to this passage. This was a ship that I was on, 2011, uh, and we were in a storm, we are in a tropical cyclone, travelling back from New Zealand to Australia, and what you see there is our bow coming out of the water, it's just crashed down, and what you don't see is it disappears right up to about halfway through the ship, and then flicks back out again. So it's quite a terrifying experience, on a large ship. So when I read this passage and understand that these people weren't in these kind of ships and I was terrified getting thrown around in that, it makes me really appreciate what the disciples uh, were going through here. And we often judge and don't understand uh, the fear that would have been over them and, and what Jesus did here uh, when he calmed the storm. And I want tonight's message when I talk about this to be a message of encouragement. I know often when you go through a storm, you don't feel like anything anybody can say can help you, or you feel like, you know, I've heard it all before, uh, you might listen, people try their best to give you advice and things like that, and it just doesn't seem to really uh, get where you're at. And much like these people in the boat with Jesus, you feel like you won't make it through. 
You feel like it's probably going to last forever and every effort you're spending is just trying to survive. And I understand that feeling. I'm sure most people here could relate to that feeling when I talk about that tonight. I want to talk about some reasons that we go through storms. And the reason I want you to consider these is, uh, I guess, to see what God might be trying to teach you. And there are many reasons, and we'll go through them briefly tonight. And uh, Pastor Murphy, I think, preached here a long time ago. Uh, But when I was in Seattle with him earlier in the year, he mentioned a story that he was over in Vietnam. I think he was in Vietnam. And uh, he said that he got out to, they were going to buy some crocodile leather wallets. And they were really excited about that. Uh, And he got out of the car because he was so excited that they looked it up, they would researched, he was getting them for a good price. And he ran to the door and pulled the door, but he pulled the side of the glass door that was locked and the whole thing shattered. All the glass came out on him. The top part nearly took his neck off. It just missed him. He said it would have killed him. And it was obviously a very distressing time for him and then police got involved. And I remember listening to the story and I laughed. I thought it was hilarious and he didn't think so. But I was laughing at the table. He was telling the story. And he was telling my dad and he said, I went back to my room, I got down on my knees and I said, Lord, why did that happen? What are you trying to teach me? And I kind of, at first, thought it was a little bit weird. Like, why would you, what he's trying to teach you? Like, pull the right door. It's not a really, you know, hard, hard concept. But, but what he was trying to say is there was a lesson there. And he felt that, you know, he shared that he's a very hyperactive, go-getter kind of person. And that God was probably trying to tell him, look, you just need to slow down and not everything's a rush. And, and he said, I, I looked at that and I thought, man, a bit convicted. I don't ever look at what I'm going through, I just get angry about it or I try and fix it. I don't think, what's God trying to show me? So it really kind of struck a chord with me and and we'll look at some things here tonight. Number one reason that storms come to your life uh, is to bring the lost to Christ. Uh, In Acts chapter 9, we won't go to a lot of passages tonight because of time. We will at the end share a few verses, but it's a Wednesday night crowd and there's a lot of uh, knowledge that's already held among you. But we remember Saul, who later became Paul on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9. And he'd been persecuting Christians... And when he was doing that, God smite him with blindness. I think you could say being made blind is probably a trial and a tribulation in your life. And, uh, and he ceased what he was doing that day. And eventually we know the story was that when he turned to God, his blindness lifted. And I was thinking about this and, and this aspect of storms. And our churches really are full of people who through storms in their life, it may have been the death of a loved one. Uh, It may have been sickness, it may have been disease, but there are testimonies of people out there who through something they went to, it led them to the Lord. And what was a trial and tribulation in their life, and at the time they didn't understand why this particular thing was happening to them, later looking back they realised that was God's divine power in their life to bring them unto Him. So sometimes we go through storms because God's trying to bring you to Him. And maybe that you're sitting here tonight and you know you're not a Christian, There's never been a time in your life when you've accepted Lord Jesus Christ as your Saviour. Maybe you know you should. Maybe you've been fighting it for some time. And maybe you've got something going on in your life right now and you've just not been able to understand why. And despite going to the best doctors and psychologists and counsellors, you haven't been able to get a peace in your life and you're just not sure why. Or you might say to me, but Justin, I'm a bad person. If you look, uh, well, I'll, I'll read it to you. In Acts chapter 9, verse 13, it says, Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to the saints of Jerusalem, and here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. And like Saul here, he was a really bad person. They don't come much worse than Saul here, But God chose him and God, through his storm, was trying to bring him unto repentance. And much like us, it doesn't matter what we've done. We know the Bible says that Romans 3.23, we've all sinned 
And we know that the Bible says God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And that it doesn't matter what you've done tonight or what you think uh, has written you off from heaven. I'm here to tell you tonight, it doesn't matter and God will still save you and He's made that promise in His Word. And I want you just to think tonight that, okay, maybe if you're going through something, value step number one and think, am I saved and is God using this to bring me unto Him? Maybe you'll say, all right, fair enough, but Justin, I'm already saved and I still have storms in my life. And unfortunately, I'd love to tell you that when you get saved, they all stop. But as pastors said from the pulpit many times, that's not the case. And you see even in verse 16 of Acts 9, it says, For I will show him, this is Jesus to Paul, how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. So right from the start there, we see that despite Paul's conversion, he was still going to suffer for God. Second reason you may experience a trial in your life is because there may be sin in your life. Now, we need to be really careful with this because I think we're prone to look at other people's suffering per se uh, and we're quick to judge why. And when I preach this message tonight, I don't want you sitting here thinking about everybody else you know and evaluating, maybe that's why they've got something going on. No, no, you just love them like Jesus and you worry about yourself. This is a self-message tonight, all right? This is talking about, and this is me evaluating myself as I preach to you. I'm not thinking about anyone else and I hope you're not either. But there are some times in our lives where sin can be the reason for the trial. Turn with me, if you can, to Jonah, and most of you know the story, we won't spend long here. But Jonah, I'm going to start reading as you turn there, chapter 1, says, The word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of the Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee from Tarshish, from the presence of the Lord, went down to Joppa, and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. And here we see Jonah was disobeying God's command, and there was, in this case in his life, a literal storm. Uh, But sometimes in our life, when God's trying to get our attention, maybe we've heard a call from God, and maybe you know as I sit here, and God's testifying to you tonight that you've been running. Maybe you know that there's someone you should have spoke to, something you should have done, a decision you should have made. And as I read talk about this point, that resonates with you. And I wonder if you evaluate your heart tonight, if there's something that you've been disobeying or there's maybe the reason for a trial in your life right now is because of sin. And again, it's not always the case, but I think it's worth considering. I think all these points we need to evaluate and ask God honestly and have the heart to receive it. Lord, is this happening in my life because of sin? Firstly, Lord, I'm saved. I've evaluated that. Is it because of sin in my life? I know that if you ask God to show you Uh, He will. We know in verse uh, 5 of Jonah chapter 1, it says Jonah was asleep. So initially, Jonah obviously was either just stubborn or had a clear conscience or something, but despite the fact that everyone was being punished because of his sin, he was asleep. So sometimes we need God to say to us and to have a heart and say, Lord, search ourselves. Lord, is it me? Uh, Am I sin? Am I the reason for this? (coughs) Please, excuse me. Sometimes we have trials and tribulations in our life when God's trying to build our reliance on Him. And in Matthew chapter 14, again, we won't, uh, we won't go there, but it's a well-known passage about Peter walking on the, on the water. Uh, Jesus told the disciples, it was Him, don't be afraid, and Peter got out of the boat and went to meet Jesus. The boat was rocking. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm going to take some water from here. The boat was rocking and the disciples were too busy just trying to hang on to the boat so focused on surviving and just getting through the moment, they failed to realise that Jesus was there and Jesus was waiting for them. 
They had a hopeless feeling, and we know from Hebrews 11, chapter 1, which says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. A hopeless situation is a faithless situation. That's what that verse says. (coughs) What I want you to notice, though, about this is that Peter got out of the boat in the storm and he went to Jesus. And the thing about storms is, eventually, unless you die, eventually you're going to come out of the storm. It's what happened in that passage. The only time that you get to show Jesus your faith is while you're in the storm. When you get in the boat or Jesus grabs your hand and the storm ceases and the wind stops, you've missed your window of opportunity to trust God. You've missed your window to say, Lord, I don't know why this is happening. I don't know what's going on in my life, but I'm choosing to trust you. Once the storm goes, (coughs) and in hindsight, which is a beautiful thing, it's too late to do that. God often uses storms in our life to teach reliance. And even with Peter, we see there that he was walking on the water. And when he looked away from Jesus, he started to slip. And sometimes God will use a hard situation, certain circumstances in our life because he wants to build our reliance on him. Often we think that we're relying on him and often we think, uh, you know, that we're close to him, that we're willing to listen to him. And it's not until we're tested, often we realise we may not be as close as we thought we were. Number four, God sometimes takes us through storms so we can help others. You say, Justin, do you really think that God would take me through a storm in my life, not for me, but to help others. And I actually do. If we look in Esther, Esther chapter 4, I'm watching your time, (coughs) and I apologise for coughing. I have been uh, sick in the last couple of weeks, but hopefully we'll push on here. Esther chapter 4, verse 13, it says, Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews, for if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall there enter enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knowest whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? And again, we know it's Wednesday night. Most of you know the story of Esther. You're aware of, you know, the the situation in her family's life and some things that have happened in her life that were negative and not easy things. And then we know the end of the story of what Esther was able to achieve. And sometimes... God takes us through storms, and, and I, I thought about this, and I looked at Esther, and I tried to think about some other people in the Bible, but I've had a lot of conversations with people, some in this church, who have said to me, you know, Justin, what we were talking about happened to me for X number of years, and I couldn't get answers, and, and I was always not at peace as to why this was happening to me, and then five years down the track, I met this young boy, or I met this married couple, and I realized, and I felt God say to me that, the reason I took you through that was so that you could help these other people. And that was their testimony. I've heard it more than once and I thought, well, look, that seems to be the case with Esther and, and if they're testifying to that, then that probably is a reason that I believe God can take us through storms is to help someone else. Sometimes we're focused, again, on just surviving our trials, but God doesn't intend us to just survive it, but to rise up and to do something from that and to help somebody else. So maybe tonight, if you've gone through something in the past that you didn't understand, you're sitting here thinking, I never understood why I went through blah. As we evaluate, maybe think tonight, Lord, did you do, take me through that so I can help somebody? Am I, is there somebody now I'm meant to be helping? Maybe you're going to bring someone, uh, Lord, if that's what you did that for, help me to help who I'm meant to help uh, from that. We're looking through storms in our life, and you know, you go through the first three or four now, And you say, all right, I'm saved, 
Uh, you say, look, uh, I don't believe it's because of that. I don't believe there's any sin in my life. I've you know, sought my heart and I feel that I'm relying on God best I can be and, and I feel like it's not really helping others. Next one is sometimes God is preparing you for something big. And we see this with, uh, with David uh, in 1 Samuel 30. Again, we won't go there, but we see David fought animals as a shepherd. He was attacked by a lion. He was attacked by a bear. Things that, you know, I think often we hear these stories and we don't really think about that. I mean, think about sitting you know, in your backyard and, you know, a lion comes and takes you on. Like, if you actually stop and think about some of these things, I think we get numb to it. We grow up in Sunday school. We hear these stories. But, I mean, think about that. A lion and a guy and then a bear. I mean, it's unfathomable, really. And it would be all over the news if it ever happened today. And sometimes in Canada and other places it does and is all over the news. <coughs> but these were hard times in David's life. But then we know later he went and slew Goliath. And we know that this came because of his experience. He said... You know, firstly, I'll go in the name of the Lord. But secondly, he said, I've slain a bear and I've slain a lion. And we know these experiences and these hardships uh, helped him do something greater for God. I think often pastors come under greater attack when the church is moving forward. Often after we've had a conference and you've decided to do something for God, your own personal life, you'll come under attack. And I really think that uh, often storms come into our life when we're doing something big for God or he's preparing us to do something big for God. Excuse me. Take heart tonight if you're going through a storm that maybe around the corner God's going to use you for something big. As you evaluate and think about that, <coughs> excuse me, think about, uh, look, I don't seem to fit any of these other reasons and ask God, Lord, are you preparing me for something? Is there something I'm meant to do? Um, it's a different aspect. It's not, none of this is rocket science tonight and it's Wednesday night and I know we're tired, but it's certainly helped me when I have storms to, one, evaluate, because I never even used to, and two, just pray through some of these things. Lord, is it this? Is it that? And you sit here now as we get to uh, towards the end of the message, and you say, all right, well, this has been wonderful, and, you know, soon we're going to go and watch The Origin, which is exciting, but sorry, appreciate one, two, three, four, five, but they don't fit my category. And I understand that, and maybe they won't, and if God makes that true to you, I understand. But there is a category that it will fit if it didn't fit one two, three, four, or five. And sometimes we go through storms and there's no explainable reason. And you say, how can this be so? Well, if we look at Job, we see in Job chapter one, a man who went through more trials and tribulations than probably a lot of us put together. <coughs> he said, there was a man in the land of us whose name was Job and that man was perfect and upright one that feared God and eschewed evil. And I think if we compare Job to a lot of our spiritual lives, he would make us all look pretty bad. I think, you know, the Bible said, when God's saying in his word that's preserved forever, that you're perfect and upright, feared God and eschewed evil, that's a pretty good resume. That's a good reference. So I think you could say that Job, uh, and we know from the story that Job didn't have these trials because of him. We know it was about Satan. And sometimes when storms come in our life, there's no explainable reason. And often these are the hardest storms to take. It's always, I know with me, you know, military background, I'm the solution guy. Problem, solution, problem, solution. You know, okay, Lord, why do I have a storm? Okay, I did something wrong. Okay, I did. Yep, I'll get that right. You, know, you hear stories of people say, you know, I hadn't been tithing, I had financial hardship. When I got that right with God, all of a sudden things turned around. And sometimes that's just what it is. It's, you know, because of sin. And, and uh, I'm, I'm no different where I go, okay, what, what can I do here? And the hardest one is when I've prayed and I've gone through one, two, three, four, five, I've evaluated and I just feel, no, nah, there's none of those five. So you say, okay, well, what do we do in these times? Well, a few things is, 
You need to remember God's promises. And we need to have faith in God and trust Him. Know who holds the future and know who can make the storm cease with three words. We see the disciples, their fear, where we started tonight with the storm. And we know Jesus said, peace be still and instantly it stopped. And we know that we serve a God uh, who's in control. We know that we serve a God who can make the storm cease. And we've got to remember who's in control. Remember, he'll never leave us, even in the worst storm. Often we think that, okay, I might be in trials and tribulations for something I've done. God still promised he will never leave you or forsake you, and never means never. It doesn't mean that if you got yourself into the mess, well, you're on your own now. He might have lessons for you, but <coughs> God has promised he will never leave us or forsake us. A few verses I'm going to read quickly here through to you, and these are a few of God's promises. And maybe you're in the storm now, and these might be an encouragement to you, and if not, uh, I suggest you store them away for later. Romans 8.28 says, We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Psalm 127.1 says, Except the Lord build the house, they labour in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. I used to love this verse when I was in the Middle East on deployment. Uh, as well as Proverbs <coughs> 21, 31, which says, the horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. And both those verses say, look, you can prepare, you can do what you want, the enemy can do what they want, but at the end of the day, nothing happens that God doesn't allow. And if it happens to you, God's allowed it. And if he doesn't want it to happen to you, it doesn't matter how strong the other people are or other circumstances of life. If God doesn't want it to happen to you, it's not going to happen to you. And these are good promises to hold on to. Psalm 119.71 says, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. Two more here. 1 Peter 4.12-16 says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice, inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you, and on their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. And this is the part that gets me, but let him glorify God on this behalf. 1 Peter 1.7, The trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold, that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and the honour and the glory of the appearing of Christ. I wonder if you're in a trial tonight and you don't know why, or down the track and you can't, you do one to five and they don't fit, I wonder if you, God would say that praise and honour and glory will be found at the appearing of Christ. You may not know why you're in the storm, but I challenge you to demonstrate faith. Remember, hopelessness is faithlessness and you will be delivered. God not only controls the storm, but he sees the storm from the other side. <coughs> he sees what we don't see. When you come out of it, you'll see what God did in you. And looking back again, hindsight's a beautiful thing, but remember, it's in the moment of the storm when you get to show your faith. There's a reason for everything, and you need to trust God. Claim the scriptures and make them yours. And I want to finish with the words to the song, God on the Mountain. Often, you know, I read those verses, and I often listen to this song when I'm in a time of storm. And listen to the words as we close. It says, Life is easy when you're up on the mountain, and you've got peace of mind like you've never known. But then things change when you're down in the valley. Don't lose faith, for you're never alone. For the God on the mountain is still God in the valley. And when things go wrong, he'll make them right. The God of the good times is still God in the bad times. The God of the day is still God in the night. We talk of faith way up on the mountain. 
Talk comes so easy when life's at its best, isn't that true? Now it's down in the valleys of trials and temptations. That's where your faith is really put to the test. For the God on the mountain is still God in the valley. When things go wrong, he'll make them right. And the God of the good times is still God in the bad times. The God of the day is still God in the night. I hope that's been a blessing to you. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for this opportunity to meet this evening, Lord. And I pray that uh, this would have helped somebody tonight, Lord, and we would store it away maybe for future and and realize that all things do work together for good and that you are in control and that we need to praise you in our storms. Help us to evaluate maybe what you're trying to teach us uh, and that we would learn from it, Lord, and be purified through our trials and come out stronger and better for you and show you our faith. Lord, help us now as we pray. I pray you would hear our prayers and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.